Choices to you. We offer a large variety of restaurants to choose from. Hot food delivered to your home or office. Whether you like Italian, Mexican, Thai, wings or burgers, at Choices to You, we have you covered for lunch or dinner. Choices to You. Visit us online at choicestoyou.com or call 678-691-4541 in North Fulton or 678-765-8989 in Gwinnett. Eat out without going out. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for the Tiffany Crewman Show. The Tiffany Crewman Show is presented by ChoicesToYou.com, the official restaurant delivery service of Business Radio X. Let ChoicesToYou.com bring the restaurant to you. And greetings and salutations, everyone. This is Stephen Julian, and I am here. It is Friday afternoon, it is 1 p.m., and I'm here inside the Subaru of Gwinnett Business Radio X Studios, inside the beautiful Sonesta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia, and I am here in front of a beautiful, wonderful lunch delivered by ChoicesToYou.com. Today's uh, lunch comes from Twisted Taco in Swanee, located right on Lawrenceville Swanee Road, uh, just off of 85. I've actually been there, sat down and, and eaten. It is a fantastic restaurant. And that also means that if you live around the Suwannee area, you can go to choicestoyou.com and get Twisted Taco delivered to you for lunch or dinner. It's fantastic. And what all of this means is that you and I are here for the one and only Tiffany Crewman Show. Hey, hey Tiffany. Steven. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I've had an exciting week. I, that's what I've heard. I've, I've, I follow you on social media. I hope our uh, listeners and learners and launchers follow you on social media. But for those that maybe didn't catch it, what happened this week? Well, I got an unexpected call that my little Ava the Elephant, my my product, is going to be featured or was going to be featured on the Today Show. And this was for International Women's Day, correct? Yeah, yeah and it was. And so they were kind of spotlighting some uh-huh. uh, mom entrepreneurs, yes. right? Mompreneurs, I think. Yes. And it ended up being a really great segment. It was, it was so funny. They showed it off and Jenna Bush, our ex-president, you know, daughter is on the show. She's a host on there now. And so once they showed the product off, she said, oh, I could see using this with my grandfather to feed him veggies. Talking about our other president at one point. And so everybody's kind of like, they were making faces like, should you say that? It's her grandpa. So I'm sure nice. it's like an open joke, but um, it was pretty cool. They they plugged it really well. And most importantly, you can also use it to give medicine yes. to yeah. kids. Yeah. And they right? did a great um, explanation before that little joke, but yeah, like it was good. That. It was well, exciting. You know, it's not every week that yeah. you get uh, you no. get your product featured on the Today Show. And it's so. been a crazy week since because then my website just goes nuts. I love it. Yeah. The oh. Ava the Elephant, the gift that keeps on yes. giving. Yes, yes. Through a lot of hard work and a lot of hardship yeah, and right. a lot of struggle yeah. and a lot of victories <laughs> like we've talked about. So um, today we have a couple of great guests. Mm-hmm. And before we get to them, and everybody will hopefully get the connection here, we want to talk a little bit. For those of you that are listening maybe for the first time, uh, what we try to do is uh, every week we talk about some business topics and Mm -hmm. we try to relate it to Tiffany's experience as an entrepreneur and a a producer of a product that came to market. And so today uh, we want to talk about giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in business, um, you know, Dave Ramsey says that there's only three things to do with money. You can spend it, save it, or give it away. Mm-hmm. I think that's very much the same way with business owners. Right. And that might be a little bit foreign to some business owners. You can, uh, you're spending your time, you're also uh, earning money, but, but you can also give it away. That's mm-hmm. what you can do with your time and with your business. So what does that, what does that look like for you in, in your experience? 
Um, you know, I haven't been able to give on a, a large scale yet financially, just because I've had a single product in a, a retail store. It doesn't really equal that kind of um, giving abilities, but I have been able to give back in a big way, either with product or in person. Um, it's funny you brought up giving back or that our show's about it because this week when I got that feature on the Today Show, it happened to be a day that I was giving back. I was um, at Gigi's Playhouse, a, a place for children with Down syndrome here in Atlanta. That morning, I missed the segment because I was there talking to them about coming on the show, actually. Nice. They're going to have them on soon. Um, and then doing something else that evening with children with special needs. So it was like the day that I filled up with with time that was not my own ended up being you know, the day I was most blessed. So when you end up looking to give back many times, Mm -hmm. someone or something, depending on your uh, own personal beliefs, gives back to you. Yeah. So, um, and, and you weren't, okay. So you said you haven't been able to give a huge gift. Mm -hmm. Um, but you've also been able to, as a business owner, you can give away some product. You can give away some of your time. You can, uh, partner with, Mm -hmm. uh, nonprofits that are in the community. We've, we've had some of those nonprofits on past shows. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a business owner would say that time might be their most valuable resource. Definitely. And so finding ways and, and it it can also, I mean, I guess sometimes it's big and sometimes it's little, just sometimes the simplest things, going to a, going to a school Mm -hmm. and helping a teacher with reading groups with students. Um, you know, that, that can be, I, I look back at the people who've had the biggest impact yeah. in my life and gave back to me. Uh, it was people who were doing it an hour or two at a time, right? You know, people who coached me and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So I uh, hope our listeners are going to hear that and find a way to give back. But our, our group that's here today is that that's all they do is give back. So, so uh, before we hear what they're doing, last thing we say, before we get to them, we'll get off the topic of us talking about it. Let's let some experts mm-hmm, talk about mm-hmm. it. But if you're listening to the show and, and you connect with uh, Tiffany through her website or whatever, give us some examples of ways that you've given back. Give us some some uh, testimonies of of uh, what you've been able to do um, and maybe kind of the non-standard. Mm-hmm. You maybe didn't think it was a big deal and it turned out to be a yes. big deal. We'd love to hear your story and maybe we can come back to the topic and, and read it on the air um, or you can post them on the website for everybody yeah. to read. So, okay. All right, so that's uh, that's enough of us blabbering yes. on. Let's get, <laughs> let's get to the experts. Uh, we are uh, pleased to be joined today by Hannah Hansen and by uh, Erica uh, Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are both with a Global Mission Fellows. Global Mission Fellows is a directive underneath the Global Ministries of the United Methodist Church. And uh, Hannah's the director, and Erica is a mission advocate. So, ladies, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us, um, I'm going to give you a really hard question to start, okay? So get your thinking caps <laughs> on, and, and you're going to say that you ambushed me with this question. Tell us all about Global Mission Fellows and what you guys do. Awesome. Uh, Global Mission Fellows is a two-year program for young adults between 20 and 30 when they apply to serve around the world. We have uh, two options. Uh, One started in 1951. Oh, wow. uh, Our U.S. two-track. So there's a pretty long, uh, excellent history. So as we were thinking of what are some of those victories and, and challenges for organizations, we've been really blessed that people have stood together. It was really young women that wanted a chance to serve in the community. Was that not common support. then? I mean, it was just something they didn't have the opportunity, right? Especially within the church. Wow, if you think about okay. who was sort of mm-hmm. leaders in the church, it's been, it was men at that time. If you wanted to have an opportunity to preach or share, um, you maybe didn't have that. But really, So your leg of the charity was started specifically for women. 
yep. to, to be able to get into it. Wow. And specifically okay. only in the U.S. back in 1951 yeah, because 1951. that was the only way, only place they would allow them to go at that point? Or No, there was other okay. opportunities that had actually started before then where people spent about three years of their lives um, or around that time in, in the 60s uh, to go to another country and, and okay. to serve as well. Wow. Um, and so we've sort of transformed at that time. Also, um, it was... African-American women and white women that desegregated where they were staying for the oh, first wow. time. So really nice. a, a powerful history of what what's broken sort of within our world and how do we stand together um, with communities and learn from communities. So, how we work. so Erica, this uh, this current program as it. So that's a great example of the history that Hannah gave us. Um, so let's go to today. Uh, how many countries uh, are are being served through the Global Mission Fellows? Yeah, so right now um, our fellows come from all over the world. They're not just from the U.S. anymore. Nice. Um, and so we're from 32 countries, um, and we have fellows serving in 24 countries, including the United States, um, doing two years of mission service. We focus on social justice ministries. So we're focusing on sort of the root causes of oppression, um, and how are we breaking down systems that are oppressing in a large way, but also how are we uh, sort of alleviating human suffering and traveling mm -hmm. alongside those who are in the margins? Oh, wow. So how um, this might this a might be a countries. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I've got it in front of me and I'm looking at them just blown away. And the fact that they come from 32 and go to 24. So let me ask, I would I would also I would assume that as this continues to move forward, and as you guys continue to develop the program, the goal is to to continue to grow the number of countries, not only that you go to, but also that you receive people from, correct? Yeah, it's an exciting trend. Uh, I started in the program in 2009 and we were all from the United States. Um, okay. So in less than 10 years, there's wow. been an incredible increase. And part of that is the global nature of the United Methodist Church. So the church is really growing in places outside the United States as well. So you're saying that it used to just be people that came from the U.S. and then traveled outside of the country. Now it's people from other countries that are traveling to other countries. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, I think it really fits well into our theology of mission and global ministries, that mission is from everywhere and to everywhere, mm -hmm. right? So that God can call all kinds of mm -hmm. people into mission, not just people from the U.S., not just white people, not just men, not just women, that God calls all of us into yeah. mission. And how are we creating a space as a church to not only affirm people from all nations in that, but also especially young people, or maybe we don't um, always do the best job of making space for young people in right. leadership. Now, I asked you before the show, and I probably should have saved it, but if you were in my husband's home country of Latvia and you said, no, you meant there's not volunteers that live there, but do you go there or, or vice versa? So we've actually had, um, we have a couple different categories of missionaries mm -hmm. from this mission arm. We're part of Global Ministries, which is the mission arm for the whole church. Um, and so we've actually had placements before that are there, and the church is really growing there. And so there's really this great opportunity. We just don't currently um, oh, and haven't gotcha. had a Global Mission Fellow, so somebody in that 20 to 30 year mm -hmm. range that's there. Right now we have somebody from Zimbabwe that's serving in Estonia, though. And working with children oh, there. Cool. So okay. there's a, it's pretty interesting and it's a lot of crossing cultures, right? Mm -hmm. If you think somebody, a fellow is going to come, you hear this term missionary, you're thinking maybe it's going to be somebody from the United States. Yeah. And really, um, we're sort of seeing this opportunity that we're learning so much more about how God acts in the world. Um, when we're really having these boundaries crossed. I love that. The thought of someone coming from Africa to Europe or the other way around. Um, so the, um, the fellows, program, if, if someone were to get involved in it and want to get started in it, um, what's required? What, what are some of the requirements to get involved in that program? And what do they, um, you know, what do they need to, 
Stephen's a little bit rattled because I just spilled my water all over the desk <laughs> and possibly in our microphones. Tiffany, so we hopefully were, we don't get electrocuted. We were, we were my bad. <laughs> we were trying to keep it very professional. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call that out. That was me. I, my daughter's outside in the hallway and I'm the one that spills the drink in the middle of the show. <laughs> so uh, for someone to get involved, what are the requirements that they have um, and, and what are some of the uh, what are some of the goals of, of what they would look like or have, have accomplished in the two years that they're in the program? Well, I think... Uh, like we said, the program is incredibly diverse, and I think that we um, really value um, and see as um, a wonderful thing for us to continue to grow in diversity and not just race or nationality, but also gender and socioeconomic background. Um, and so we do require a bachelor's degree or equivalent life experience. And so oh, if you okay. have specific skills, maybe you grew up on a farm, I have lots of placements for you to go work on a farm in other in other areas. And oh, okay. And when yeah. it comes to going to these different locations, do you guys rely on that local place uh, and the church leaders in that local place to go, here's what we need. And, and then you them. team that up. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're okay. really trying to say that I, I now from Atlanta, we actually, the exciting thing about being on this show is we just moved to Atlanta from New York City. Oh. Um, and so having a presence there for about 200 mm. years um, in terms of mission. So it's it's great to be here in Atlanta and the, the partnerships and possibilities that we can have. So I just want to make sure that we say mm. that at some nice. point. I've been pleasantly surprised. By being in you Atlanta are in the south, and so it so changes a little bit. We have a great uh, team that we work with with our organization that really uh, has leadership from different regions of the world, and they're working with the local church and also ecumenical partners and other people that are um, on the ground that really can say, "This is what we need." Instead of me saying, "Oh, I've got somebody with farming skills, let me send them there," mm -hmm. maybe they're saying, "Okay, well, I need somebody that works with farmers on small business plans so that they're able to." Um, gain more income from there. I have a question. And this is the ADD in me is just sitting here going crazy. Why? I, you may have said this, but why is it called fellows? So for fellowship. Oh, okay. Um, really? Okay. And so part doesn't of, that make you think of a man though? Do you ever have that question? We yes, do. Yeah. We've <laughs> talked, we talked about that a lot actually yeah. with the, the name change to Global Mission Fellows. Uh, part of what's really exciting about this program that there has been, it's a cohort model. So everyone's trained together from all of these places. We're not just sending them to have a cross-cultural experience. They really are able, this idea, um, again, a kind of churchy idea of quinonia, uh, um, a fellowship of being able to have that that um, cross and that support is really key and vital to the program. And so, so you're saying everybody that's going to be in the program comes together in one space and learns together? Yeah. They, so, they fly over or they... Yeah. So oh, wow. our okay. biggest issue that I deal with on a daily basis mm -hmm. is visas when you're trying yeah, to deal with people from uh, <laughs> so many countries. But yeah, so they really are coming together. And that's why I think this is such a unique space that you're learning from people from all different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we're discussing maybe, you know, why is it that we need to continue to have uh, feeding programs for people that aren't currently housed or for children in certain ways? Mm -hmm. um, people have really different perspectives or backgrounds, or maybe they um, have been on different sides of that, right? Yeah. Somebody cooking soup or somebody receiving it. And and I would mm -hmm. think also that when you bring all these people from all these different locations and they're going through the program together, it's not just them listening to some professor who was on the field 20 years ago. Uh, there's opportunity for, no, no, wait, I want to bring yeah. my experience. I want to bring my culture into it. And if we're all listening, we can learn from each other. 
correct? Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of um, the best parts of the program is the leadership development aspect, right? Yeah. So not only are we engaging young leaders who are already leaders in their own contexts all over the world and here in the United States, um, but while they're in the program, they're allowed to do real and tangible work. So they're not just interns fetching coffee or dry cleaning or whatever that looks like, um, but they're really engaging in work. They're building programs. They're coming alongside communities um, to help them in the mission that they are already engaged in, but also um, for their trainings and, and events that we have like that. We also utilize our alumni base to then come back and help train the new folks. Um, and these alumni go on to do a variety of things. They go on to work in the church or to be social workers or they work in business and nonprofit. And so we utilize those uh, skills and that leadership to come back. Okay. So I'm going to paint a picture and you're going to tell me how wrong I am or okay. how right I am based on a 10 minute conversation I've had yeah. with you. And we're only halfway through. I was about through. to do the same exact <laughs> thing. All right. Thing so I, I am from some other country. I'm from the United States. It doesn't really matter because mm -hmm. I can be part of Global Mission Fellows program. I get accepted into the program. I then come somewhere, probably here, I'm guessing. This year it'll be here. Okay, so this year it'll be here. Could be other here places. Yep. Uh, okay. okay, so I come I come into the program and I am joined by everybody Question. else that signed up. I'm still painting wait, my wait, picture, wait. Tiffany. I'm, just, I'm taking your brush. Hold on. <laughs> Who pays okay, for that show. portion of it? Because I think that's what everybody's probably going to think is I, I can't afford to fly there. Quit so. thinking like a business leader. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How does that person that in his picture get there? You know, And then you can finish your picture. I'm sorry. All right. It. So answer that question There's first. There's always a longer answer. Uh, the, the program pays for that okay. Um, okay. and mm -hmm. sort of walks through the, the okay. process. The United Methodist Church supports some of that. So we're really blessed to be part of the larger church. And okay. then individual fundraising supports okay. the rest of it. Sorry about so that. So just too. like, well, and, and people who have a history with missions, mm -hmm. missions is done by people giving to mm -hmm. the Great Commission mandate uh, of the church. Okay. So back to my painting. I feel, <laughs> I feel like Bob Ross. Let's put a little tree right there. Wouldn't that be great? Okay. So uh, so people come into the program. They all So everybody else that signs up in the program, we all come together. And we all start together mm -hmm. and then are sent our separate ways. And then I would imagine during the two-year program, there are times where we come back together all mm -hmm. in the process of learning, figuring out what's going on and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and learning ourselves and also bringing impact to the areas we go to. At the end of the two years, I'm probably debriefed and then sent on my merry way, hopefully to continue my ministry through my life. How'd I do? You did pretty great. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, I you can be up rented out. <laughs> yeah, we're not always good I'm, at I'm concise. Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, yeah. thanks for that. No, it's, it's really similar to okay. that with the added challenges. So we try mm -hmm. to, uh, and it's not just about how the young adults are transforming where they're serving. It's really how they're being transformed mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I like that. And so I think if you look at, especially the U S right now, there's, you know, if you're college educated, you've been really good at trying to get an A or trying to please a professor. So we're trying to say, what does a community need? It's not just one person. Nice. It's not just for mm -hmm. yours. So there's a lot of pushback. And I think you mm -hmm. all hit the nail on the head, right? Um, that they're really, I think as much as I could say, or as much as I could try to challenge someone to grow mm -hmm. and we've got mm -hmm. great leaders and great placement sites. I think it's the, the fellows doing it to each other and really mm -hmm. asking each other what's happening and seeing the connections around the world for the type of work wow. that they're doing that really transforms not just the tiers of the program, but how do we live different for your whole life? It, it mm -hmm. really is kind of, I mean, I'm going to quote, uh, I think he's Baptist, but Henry Blackaby in Experiencing God, what is God doing around me and mm -hmm. where does he want me to join in what he's already doing? And when yeah. that happens, I'm transformed mm -hmm. just like the people around me are transformed. Okay. Do so, young married couples ever enter together? 
Yes, we definitely have young married couples that enter together. Uh, we currently have a, a married couple that's serving in Nome, Alaska, for example, working at a community center. Um, we have a married couple who is serving in different placements in Miami. So one is working with um, a homeless ministry at First UMC Miami, another with an immigrant ministry. And so um, we do try to make space. We acknowledge that we work right. with young adults and young adults sometimes you know, come with I was wondering if that kind of, yeah, deterred them. So if you uh, thought you were listening to the Barry White Hour, um, <laughs> this is uh, Stephen Julian, and uh, you are listening to the Tiffany Crewman Show. And today we have uh, we have a beautiful lunch uh, delivered to us by com. It comes from Twisted Taco in Swanee off of Lawrenceville, Swanee Road. And we are uh, pleased and honored and blessed to be talking to Hannah Hansen and uh, Erica Oliveira from the Global Mission Fellows of the Global Ministries of the United Methodist Church. And Tiffany asked the question, uh, young married. So I just want to make sure this is that this particular arm of the global ministries is for younger people. So what's the minimum age? And is there a phase out age of, you know, I'm going to turn 45 in a couple of weeks. So I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I can't be part of this arm. <laughs> I know there's a place for me. There is. In the global. But so we, that's another show, right? <laughs> right. Um, so what's what's the age range that we're looking at? For this particular program, uh, we engage young adults from 20 to 30. So unfortunately, you can't come hang out with us. By a lot. Sorry. So it's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the approval process like? It's it's really about showing that you guys that they have that skill that you spoke of. Because we did the education. But yeah, yeah right. what, what else goes into that approval yeah. process? Sure. So I think um, I think I get a question a lot about how competitive it is, right? Mm -hmm. We're dealing with applicants right now. Um, and I think that we really pride on ourselves on trying to journey with young adults mm -hmm. and making sure that it's a good match, not only for that young adult and where they are in their life um, and for their education and their skills and experience, but also is it a good match for our placement sites, mm -hmm. right? And so trying to make sure that we're making mm -hmm. good choices on both ends. Um, but the process is there is an application that you right. can find on our website. Um, and it does have a couple of... Um, questions about where you want to go and what do you want to do. And maybe you've been studying education, but perhaps you're really passionate about uh, immigration work, you know? And so how can we then help you explore those options as well? Because it's oh, also wow. a vocational discernment yeah. program. So we're trying to develop young mm -hmm. leaders. We're trying to help them figure out where they want to go after this. You guys talked about the history of this program dating all the way back to 1951, uh, I believe you said, uh, for one part of the program. And then you also brought up at the almost at the very beginning of the interview that part of what you're looking to do is is get involved in the social justice aspect of of working in different locations marrying those two at times might be a little difficult and i think some people who might be looking from the outside who maybe have a preconceived notion about missions mm -hmm. might get a little confused I'll, I'll put it that way what's the challenge for you guys in in, in you know how do you how do you kind of balance the social justice and the, the truth of the gospel and, and what you're trying to do in transformation of someone's life and how are those married and how are those opposed? And, and, and I just left it as broad as I possibly could <laughs> because I am the old guy. So, you know, I, here I am being, an, I'm not being a fuddy duddy, but I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a very good discussion uh, of what you guys are trying to do and what does that look like? I think if we really go back to the gospel, right? If we look at that, if we look at these stories of Jesus and what Jesus was able to do and where Jesus was sort of able to call people out on, how do you see that all these people are God's people? How do you make sure um, that maybe we have to do some self-reflection? It's really hard. And I think as a person in church, it's like, oh, Jesus is always talking to me. 
But Jesus nice. is not always talking nice. to me, right? There's maybe something in my identity that is holding somebody else back from fully living in dignity. And mm. so that's a really hard nuance because I think um, a lot of politics, a lot of other things get put into what is justice work and what is working with marginalized people. But I think for us to really bring it back from all over the world, different context, what does that mean? Where are the power and privilege that we see? Uh, so it's it's really challenging, but it's probably the most exciting thing about the program, too, because we're just there's a lot of challenges every day. It's hard to make a decision um, because there's always another voice. There's always something else to consider. I think in the church's past, there's been, um, you know, I can I can tell somebody about the love of Jesus after I've given them a cold cup of water and something to eat. And you guys are just taking it to another level of I can tell them about the love of Jesus after I've shown them that I, mm -hmm. I dignify their life and that I lift that and I'm trying to help their situation more than just a cup of cold water. That's important. There's emergency, but you're talking about mm -hmm. the social aspect and just kind of getting mm -hmm. involved. And and I guess there are times where you're involved with on governmental side, but I guess there's also times you talked about working with children. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just the education side. And again, that goes back to what is the local area asking that they need the most for your people, correct? Boy, I'm doing a pretty good job here. Uh, I'm too you're doing this up really well. <laughs> and for some people, there are placements where it maybe is meeting a meet like the immediate needs mm -hmm. of people right there. And so that's what some of those conversations and that outside training that we do is sort of why. Why is this community, maybe we have a, a placement site that has been rebuilding houses in Appalachia for 40 years um, that we uh, have worked with in the past. And they're really saying, okay, well, we've been doing the same thing for 40 years. What are some of the other issues as to why? What are the, some of the other oh, unmet okay. needs? So or, you team up with other organizations and kind of push them along as well. Right. And so, provide volunteers. Is, is that what you so do? So the fellows go actually to an organization. Okay. So we find that, you know, if I went in, I served in South Africa. So if I went to South Africa and said, oh, I could just set up the needs, I wouldn't have the infrastructure. I wouldn't know the right okay. people to talk to. And so really partnering with uh, an organization mm -hmm. it's, makes it a lot easier to walk alongside. And we've and talked about that time and time again on the show about how important that is, that that structure and being able to mm -hmm. kind of join up with yep. other groups. So. Absolutely. Business business principles uh, are true mm -hmm. in nonprofits as well as in for-profit. Mm -hmm. um, you two are both alumni of the program, mm -hmm. correct? I won't ask if you're still under 30 because that would be rude. <laughs> uh, and I'm two for two, so I don't want to do anything to ruin that <laughs> reputation at this point. Um can you tell either part of your own story uh, from when you were in the program, or uh, you can also share someone else's story. That will be allowed as well. But talk a little bit about some of the stories the of, impact, of yeah. what you guys have, have come across in the program. Yeah, sure. So I uh, joined the program when it was a little bit different. So now it's a two-year program. Uh, but when I joined, it was three years um, back in 2012. And I'm from South Carolina. I'm from sort of a very rural part. So I know some things about being in the South. Um, and maybe didn't think that this was something that I could do. I came from a very poor family. I um, maybe didn't think that I was as Jesus-y as I needed to be. <laughs> Jesus-y. Um. <laughs> you better coin and trademark that phrase. Sorry, I'm being a business owner. Now. Hold on, let me write that down. Erica Oliveira, Jesus-y, Jesus 2017, trademark. Absolutely. Okay. But I also saw sort of great need and hurt in the world, right? And what is... Um, what is God calling us to do in those places, right? It's great to go and to preach the gospel, right? But at the end of the day, there's still people starving. There's yes. still people that are unhoused. There's war. There's famine. Like, what What are we as um, a faith body, mm -hmm. as a church called to do? Mm -hmm. And so I came across the program and didn't apply for a long time. 
which I think is pretty normal for some of our folks because you don't think that it's either within your grasp or that it's appropriate or right yeah. or good for what and you're looking for. And it's three years. At your point, it was three years. It was three years. years. Was exactly. Time. A scary too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was really lucky um, to have been accepted and I'm not quite sure how that happened, um, but uh, we can ask them later about it. Um, and so and I went to Ukraine for a year and a half for my first part of the service. I worked with young adults in Ukraine um, and during the end of my service, I was also there during part of the Ukrainian revolution that just mm -hmm. happened a couple of years ago and that they're still engaged in conflict around. Mm -hmm. um, and so a large part of the end of my time was going to rallies and to protests and doing some of that wow. direct work, um, but also supporting the people who were doing that work. So we had occupied buildings in my city. And so bringing food to folks in the middle of the cold Ukrainian winter um, and doing that kind of work. But also I think that a lot of my time um, in the program generally Besides the fact that it let me grow as a leader and gave me amazing opportunities to engage with people from other cultures and to really expand my own worldview, um, it really gave me an opportunity um, to see what what it means to be people of faith somewhere else, what it means mm -hmm. to engage with these other people and have that transform not only the community that you're working with, which mm -hmm. is great, but also transform yourself. And so it's changed my entire idea of what church is and what work is and what it means to be sort of in ministry of presence mm -hmm. with people, right? So what does it mean to hang out with them in those tough places as well as those really exciting And people so and different from you. Oh, to absolutely. Be from a small, I'm also from a small town. To go from small town Georgia to Ukraine is night and day. I mean, I was shocked when I went to Latvia. So mm -hmm. I can't imagine. Was there a language barrier for you? I mean, so there was a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so where I was, uh, they spoke Ukrainian. So mm -hmm. I had lessons uh, that, oh, wow. that is okay. paid for through the program. So if you oh, need language, we help you acquire cool. that. Um, and so I had lessons. Um, a lot of people in my community also spoke English. That was a big part of the ministry that they did was helping people acquire English because they see that as sort of the pathway mm -hmm. to um, to the world, know, the world, yeah. exactly to Europe and to, to other places and better jobs and opportunities. How do they say y'all in Ukraine? Mm. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Erica, you are now, you are now a mission advocate. Uh, with the program. So what do you do as a mission advocate? Yeah. So a lot of my role um, is trying to engage other young adults um, in the program and trying to share the stories of young adults in mission um, and bringing sort of this good news to the church mm -hmm. um, that feels like, and I think that lots of churches feel like young adults are evaporating from the church and that, they can't, that they're having a hard time engaging this age group. Um, but I come bearing good news that we have 108 amazing and wonderful and vibrant and diverse young adults who are really um, passionate about the work of God in the world, but are also really passionate about God's people in this world and what it means to walk alongside them and to fight for justice with them. Um, and so um, that's a lot of what I do. We have three mission advocates on staff. We are all alumna of the program, which is a requirement. Um, and so I have the pleasure of being able to travel a lot, but getting mm -hmm. to meet a lot of people yeah. and a lot of people who want to be stakeholders in the work um, and young adults who also are really excited about this opportunity. How do people help with this program who aren't that age group and aren't willing to go and travel? Like I mean, there must me. be other. Yeah, <laughs> like this old guy. <laughs> Lots of opportunities. Oh, really? Oh, I'm all ears. Go ahead. So um, there's a lot of ways I think that, that people need support. Um, and there's a lot of the way that we've been able to grow this program is that we have a lot of different stakeholders that are willing to um, help provide support, help mm -hmm. make sure that they they know somebody that is praying for them, um, that people aren't alone. We have um, in the United States, all of our areas, we have local affiliates. And so uh, it's an entity, a legal entity that's able 
uh, to help provide support more than just what that placement site mm -hmm. would, but to make sure that there are um, people making sure their housing works out okay, that there's a spiritual mentor so that there's that faith yeah. component. Because a lot of these questions are really hard and you're wrestling with things and not always having mm -hmm. the tools to know how to move forward or not knowing a community well enough. Well, and 20 is young. I mean, we're pretty stupid when we're 20. So to go over <laughs> and not know... You can't. There are those, I was who, would, stupid there are those who would argue that I'm pretty <laughs> stupid still. <laughs> no, I'm just um, kidding. Well, and then I there's think. more exchange um, <laughs> and support. Uh, we have people that financially support um, right. our young adults and so um, and give space for them to share their story or to learn more and be open to what this is. We have churches that welcome people in to come and and hear them share and so that they're really getting to connect their church, the church and mission, which is one of, we have three core values. One is uh, that we've talked a lot about, I think is engage with local communities. The second is to connect the church and mission. Um, and so they're really crossing a lot of boundaries. And so being able to be that, that bridge builder. And so people that are outside that age range or even in that age range have done a, a really phenomenal job in helping spread word about the program or share what's going on with indigenous people in the Philippines that are fighting to save their land. You know, and wow, I think yeah. that's the impact of that transformation, too, because then you're saying, man, this church around the world is praying for me. This church in DRC is saying, mm -hmm. wow, we sort of understand where some of that um, that having to move, being internally displaced, what that feels like. Uh, and so we're connected. And, and mm -hmm. I think that we get to sort of see the spirit of God mm -hmm. moving around. I think some people who who maybe have heard of missions before this interview, uh, maybe they go to church, they've been around a missions conference. I, there's probably a, a feel. I, I know in my head, there's a feeling that in the past, when someone would say missions, they would think that person has the answers. A missionary shows up and they can do things and, and start things and change things. And they're kind of save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and there are plenty of stories of that. And so I'm not diminishing that in this particular global mission fellows, you are looking for people who are just willing to engage. To love. There are times they have the answers. There are times they have muscles. There are times they have mm -hmm. ears to to listen. Mm -hmm. There are times they they just get involved or they support. Or There are so many, and they're working through their own questions, mm -hmm. which I think at times mm -hmm. we've been scared to acknowledge in the church that, yes. wait a minute, I might actually have some questions. What a great age to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So so really where are you at? Where do you want to go? And how can we help you get there? That's kind of what you guys are doing. So, and I think right now, uh, you know, in the United States, there's a lot of, and if you look at young people engaging in church, it's sort of like, what for? There's this disconnect yeah. of what are the things that I really value? And, and am I really seeing that um, through the church? And so I think, um, you know, there's just, there's different movements of where do you find community? Where are those pieces? And, um, you know, I have been on webinars this week, so connecting people um, across the program to have different uh, conversations. And we've um, been learning about, you know, what they have been feeling, but there's deep questions. There's a mm -hmm. lot of unrest. There's a lot of news that you're getting on Facebook. Right. Um, right. And you've got to be this side or that side. And so having a space where you can just sort of be honest and or it's not safe guard. to travel there. A lot of people might think it's not safe and you have people on the ground saying, yes, it is or you can't come here. And, and I, so we have, we have business owners who listen, we have entrepreneurs who listen to the Tiffany Crewman show. And I think they definitely can give financially if, if they so choose, they can definitely get involved in prayer. But I think also, um, business owners are fantastic at connecting mm -hmm. business owners are fantastic at networking and their relationships, not just in their local community, but their relationships that they have everything. And Tiffany, I was going back to our conversation we had last week on the air as we let everybody in on our show meeting. And there was a time where you had to step away from your business. 
And when you step away, what are you going to fill your time with? Well, use your skills as a business owner to network. Use your Mm -hmm. skills as a business owner to make connections and then open those connections up to a, to an organization like Global Mission Fellows mm-hmm. um, is a fantastic challenge. So I, I'll just throw that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and unfortunately, I, I broke one of the rules. I'm supposed to always ask questions. I didn't ask a question. <laughs> I just gave a statement. But there you go. There's my challenge. Well, and I, my question would be, you know, are there people that have experience with getting visas and working mm-hmm. in law? I think businesses have sometimes done a really mm. great job of this because financially, there's a bottom line, right? You want your people from different places to be well-trained. And and some of what I learned about the importance of our training was actually in school studying intercultural communications and studying Mm -hmm. what businesses do to make sure that they have successful efforts. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot that we can learn from that. Um, And the support, sort of that the larger support that can come from businesses Mm -hmm. for for a program like this, um, where are some of those connections? So some of our logistical challenges, sometimes in ministry, we're not always the best at knowing how to overcome yeah. those well. And we try really hard, but some of those making sure that we're looking at the big picture. You know, we care about these individual mm-hmm. stories, but sometimes we get so tied up in making sure it's a, a good experience or there's a way to learn through the experience mm-hmm. um, that there's still a lot that we have to learn. Um, and so I would love if, you know, mm-hmm. if there's people that want to help that can keep you on the business plan basically (laughs) kind of for what our our strategy would be like long term i have a question there are four well there's a lot but there's four that are displayed of what looks like kind of like a baseball card an old-fashioned baseball card (laughs) our trading cards showing my age yeah like trading cards (laughs) and they've got sweet faces on them of well all kinds of different people from different walks of life and i'm curious to know what these are they say on them global mission fellows hannah just gave me a stack but go ahead. Go. No, well, and I was thinking about the question of how can how can I support? How can I get engaged? And so we brought you all some baseball cards, some prayer cards of our Global Mission Fellows. These folks were just uh, commissioned in August of last year. So they've almost been in service for a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the ones that are in front of me, we have uh, Duvon, um, who is from Colombia uh, in mm-hmm. South America, who is serving actually at my placement site in Ukraine right now. Oh, wow. um, okay. And so he's not only working with their English ministries, but also with their Spanish ministries. Um, we have Chastity, who is serving on our US2 track. Um, and she's uh, doing some advocacy work up in Washington State, and she's from Louisiana. And so when you serve in the U.S., we try to make sure that you're serving outside of your home context. And this is just another way um, sort of for folks to be able to connect with our Global Mission Fellows, to be able to support them. Their email addresses are on there, so you can send them a you know a note or a prayer. Um, you can also support them financially, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I love to see their faces and actually know who they are and where they're at. So... Uh, I'm going to let you guys uh, wrap up this interview by uh, people who are listening, uh, business owners that are listening, individuals that are listening, uh, that they want to get involved. They either want to get involved, uh, they're between the ages of 20 and 30, and they want to look more into the program. Uh, They want to get involved in support, uh, whether it's uh, through collecting trading cards and doing more (laughs) than collecting them, but but, uh, praying for people and, and getting involved financially or other ways. Where do they need to go? Who do they need to get in contact with? Give us, give everybody the contact information. Yeah. And if you want to learn more or hear other stories, um, we didn't have time to get sort of into the depth of everything. Uh, www.umcmission.org is our website. Um, that's for all of Global Ministries. Um, if you look at Global Mission Fellows on that website, you'll get more information. But um, there's stories about the incredible global health work that's going on. We have a disaster relief organization. And so our young adults are, are part of that. 
Um, and so please connect it that way. You can also write us our office directly at gmfellows at umcmission.org, G-M-F-E-L-L-O-W-S at U-M-C-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been in a spelling bee, yes. but I was you did good. about you did good. what that could look like. And I think if part of my story and I, in serving in South Africa was being a young adult, I had access to a lot of places, maybe some of that other concept of mission or some other professionals wouldn't. So I could go and learn how to cook um, from somebody in a community yeah. or play with their children. or mm-hmm. So I really could be part and walk alongside sort of better. So this is really unique time. Um, and I pr- truthfully learn more professionally there and also mm-hmm. watching ministries that struggle or fall apart or don't have a board anymore. Um, and how do you kind of walk back from that? Mm-hmm. So I also learn mm-hmm. more professionally. So I think, you know, if businesses know people or maybe you even have a staff member that it's sort of like having an experience like that, that cross-cultural um, mm-hmm. that really challenges you and hones your skills is worth it. Um, even if people mm-hmm. think going straight it's on. It's like to, a two-year college. I mean, of life. Well, know, and I'll just it. throw an additional... If you know people 20 to 30, if you are 20 to 30, application deadline for the U.S. is March 31st. And I have to say, we have to reiterate, (laughs) she said that you do, you, what was the requirement as far as schooling? Yeah. So we require a bachelor's degree or equivalent life experience. Or equivalent life experience. So you I don't have to have so a four-year degree. Because I don't have mm-hmm. a college degree. And so if I were listening, I'd, I would hear that. That would stand out to me. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably move on. So it's good to But you've run a business have, for five right, years, six years. I took years, a real so, life yeah. college course. Just like Absolutely. Very good. So umcmission.org. And on that website, look for the Global Mission Fellows. And you can also uh, reach them by email at gmfellows at umcmission.org. I'm not going to spell it. <laughs> the way you guys did. Uh, but Hannah Hansen, uh, who is the director, and uh, Erica Oliveira, who is the mission advocate of the Global Mission Fellows. Thank you guys so much uh, for being on the show. And, and we're just honored to have you here. So a reminder that the Tiffany Crewman Show can be heard every Friday live at 1 p.m. at GwinnettBusinessRadioX.com. You can also download the podcast from iTunes. Download the show. Tell your friends. You can also join our community of listeners learners and launchers. And today, maybe they need to launch uh, some giving and yes. some ways to get involved with some other organizations. Uh, they can go to TiffanyCrewmans.com. You can follow her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tiffany, any final words for us today? I don't today? think so. Just I'm just inspired. Back. Yeah. yeah. I love I'm leaving the show ready to, to give back. The only final word I have is uh, um, Erica did a great job of saying if you're between the ages of 20 and 30. And, and then the one thing she didn't add was if you feel like you're between the ages of 20 and 30. You can partner, you're but you, can't, you yeah. can't be in the program. So, we still uh, don't want you. Just one last age joke, and then we're good. <laughs> so uh, for Tiffany, uh, for Trey, uh, this is Stephen Julian, and we'll see you here next week on The Tiffany Crewman Show.